welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Happy holidays to everyone. We've got some resources for you at buddyc.org under resources how to stay sober before during after the holidays also have a link in the episode notes there's a pdf there too that you can print off and post in your meetings if you want to use it as a a flyer on your announcement boards in some of your meetings very simple way to do some service that You never know who might see one of those 30 or so tips to stay sober and it changed their life. You never know what little um, services that we do, how helpful they can be. And we'll never know those things. We'll never know. I don't know if after we pass, we'll know that, but I'll be amazed and sometimes I think the simplest things I might do service related might actually be the biggest things that or have the most gravity or the most help. And part of this Tao path is throwing away that idea, even in service and recovery of working to achieve more service or working to help the most people because for me, really, it's about just finding my part and my place. And if I find my place, the rest of it takes care of itself. So that's the whole point, not putting pressure on myself to help more people than I did yesterday. It's about being present in more moments of the day. And ever what shape that help needs to take, just let it take. Sometimes if we're talking figuratively like a body, sometimes your hand is part of the body does some very important tasks and sometimes menial tasks, but they're all needed and you're still part of the body the whole time. So don't know where that came from. Anyway, maybe that's helpful to someone. Just live this life. Don't put pressure on yourself to be more. Don't put those same I have to be careful not to put the same pressures I used to put on myself to work harder, be better, do more, be God's man of faith and power kind of thing. And just be, just be. We're on the 29th verse. I'll, we have, oh, today we have Brian and Oscar and Buddy. We have a men's meeting so far today, which I'm looking forward to the conversation. I'll read the. Stephen Mitchell from the 29th. Do you want to improve the world? I don't think it can be done. The world is sacred. It can't be improved. If you tamper with it, you'll ruin it. If you treat it like an object, you'll lose it. There's a time for being ahead, a time for being behind, a time for being in motion, a time for being at rest. A time for being vigorous, a time for being exhausted, a time for being safe, a time for being in danger. The master sees things as they are without trying to control them. She lets things go their own way 
and resides at the center of the circle. Hmm. Brian, you want to read Jeff Pepper? Yeah, I got the Tao Te Ching in clear English from Jeff Pepper, and it says, Take the world and control it. I don't see how it can be done. The world is a marble. You can't control it. Act and you ruin it. Grasp and you lose it. So creatures can lead or follow, can breathe shallow or deep, can be strong or weak, can be kept down or rise up. So the sage abandons overdoing, wastefulness, and pride. Wastefulness and pride. Wastefulness and pride. Sorry. That's fine. So the sage abandons. Overdoing. Overdoing. Wastefulness. Wastefulness. And pride. Okay. Oscar, you want to read the Jonathan Starr for us? Well, yes, I would love to. Thank uh, you. Those who look down upon the world will surely take hold and try to change things. But this is a plan I've always seen fail. The world is Tao's own vessel. It is perfection manifest. It cannot be changed. It cannot be improved. For those who go on tampering, it's ruined. For those who try to grasp it, it's gone. Allow your life to unfold naturally. Know that it too is a vessel of perfection, just as you breathe in and breathe out. Sometimes you're ahead and other times you're behind. Sometimes you're strong and other times weak. Sometimes you're with people and other times alone. To the sage, all of life is a movement toward perfection. So what need has he for the excessive, the extravagant, or the extreme. Thank you, Oscar. The excessive, extravagant, or extreme is his translation of overdoing wastefulness and pride, I think. Any thoughts, guys? Yeah, well, it's all perfect as it is, is my thought. My thought was, it was it's all perfect as it is. We don't have to control anything. We don't have to create anything. All creation we do, we do in our heads. We don't have to do it. We don't have to fear anything. And then you go down, okay, if you reach this state, there is no need for all the action, like the action of the excessive and the extreme, which as an addict, we so, I speak for myself, I so so much thought I needed this. I needed to be extreme. I needed to show that I'm alive. I needed to put everything as I wanted it to be. And the first year and the the whole book says so much. It's, It's so much in calming down, accept things as they are. And when you, it starts with acceptance, I think. And then if you really accept things, I I start immediately appreciating them. So I go from acceptance to appreciation. And then it's a small step, actually, to see that it's all perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Oscar. Okay. Brian? I was kind of piggybacking off what Oscar was talking about. I was thinking about 
the yin and yang and uh, how there's there's good and there's bad and then there's bad in the good or or there's good in the bad. And for me, I believe that, like Oscar said, it's everything is as it needs to be. And when it's when it's not according, when Brian decides that it's not according the way Brian wants it, that's where the problem starts. And I start forcing, trying to control, digging in, putting my will on the universe and and it just does not go well. It does not go well. So yeah, this is a good verse. It's good timing for me. With with the holidays, work is slow. Most of my corp- corporation they shut down for a couple of weeks, and I found myself uh, a week or so ago just clawing for work. And and I just, I just got to a point I was like, I could just turn in these quotes. And I had to let go of it. And that can be difficult to back myself down off that. So it's good verse, good timing, more surrender. I was thinking on this. Thank you, Brian. I, I was thinking on this too, about the world not being changeable. And we've talked in the, in some weeks past on other verses that talked about the Tao was unchangeable. And maybe when it's talking about the world being unchangeable, could it be talking about that our the rules of life are unchangeable? In other words, we think that it's our excessive effort that causes our peace and joy when we know it's our surrender to what is that gives us peace and joy. Maybe those are the things, some of the things of the world that are unchangeable. The guidelines that the world works by are already perfect. When I'm looking at that's, it's not that something physical I see can't be fixed in the world or can't be different. It's the whole, the principles and guidelines and the way the world works cannot be changed. Maybe. Does that make sense? Because I came in thinking the world worked, came into recovery thinking the world worked much different than it does. I mean, I came into recovery and I saw the steps and I said, I just have a problem with alcohol. I'll run through these in the afternoon and I'll be done with this and blah, blah, blah. That whole mental picture of all those things. I even sized up the first guy that chaired the first meeting. I said, I'm a lot smarter than him. If he can get this, I know I can just like you would with anything out in the world. Any, if you want to got a new business you're doing or whatever, and something you're learning, I'm smarter than this guy. I know I can get it if he can. It's not about intelligence, though. See, that's where we thought the world worked one way, and it really didn't work that way. Now we find that the whole program is not about learning how it's about letting go. It's about surrender, stepping out of the way so that we can allow recovery in our life is much more to the picture for me than me believing God to help me do this, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
So the principles that we live by, they can't be improved either. Don't need to be improved once we start learning them. Those who go on tampering ruin it. For those who go on tampering, it's ruined for them. For those who try to grasp, it's gone. Because that's what we're taught in the world. Work harder, do better, double down. But grasp, never let go. The opposite of Wu Wei. Yes. That word Wu Wei, for anyone that's new, and I know you guys have said, and I'd love to hear what you, what your realization has been so far with what that word mean, what those words mean. The, the primary translation of Wu Wei, W U W E I, is effortless effort. And I get this a lot, and I get this in recovery too. Um, you've got to do something. You, it's, it's not. You know, wait a minute. It's not saying there is no effort. It's saying a different kind of effort. It's not saying stop trying or stop putting out effort. When you hear effortless effort, that's the first thing. I can't sit around. It's just not going to happen for me. And we'll back up a minute before you judge this. Let's look at a little more of what it what it may be talking about. It's effort without self. It's selfless effort. In other words, when I'm hurting, I ask that someone else be placed in mind or in my life that I can help. That's effortless effort. It's effort. Trust me, quite honestly, a lot of times it would be a lot easier just to focus on me. (laughs) But that's stepping, getting me out of the way. And we can use that effortless effort no matter what we're doing. For example, this podcast right now, this meeting that we're in, I could approach this meeting with the attitude or with the effort of, oh, we need to look at this and this. We need to make sure that we have this content. It's got to be this fantastic podcast, blah, 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 blah. When in other, instead of, my intention with every meeting that we have, how can I be helpful to these guys? What do these guys need today? Can we share our heart today on the podcast? What is it they can leave with that's been helpful to them? That is effortless effort, in my opinion. That's selfless effort. And then when I give in that way, man, guess what I get back? I get back everything that I thought, everything I needed that I did not know that I needed. Oscar. Thank you for that explanation. That selfless, the selfless efforts. I think the middle of the verse says, allow, in this translation, it says, allow life to unfold naturally. Know that it too is a vessel of perfection. Just as you breathe in and breathe out. And this unfolding of our lives is, as you just said, it's not like I sit down and do nothing anymore. It's not that there is no effort. There is effort. But my person or my ego or my story can stay at home. And the closer I get to Tao or God or consciousness or whatever you name it. And the less, the more God, the less Oscar. And then I'm in 
harmony with life, unfolding it, unfolding as it unfolds. And it's really, yeah, it's really beautiful to realize this before having the Christmas dinners and shoppings and presents and all the, I can go to my family and the family of my wife without Oscar, but as much God as possible in harmony. And I just watch it unfold and enjoy it. Definitely enjoy it. But it's an enjoyment without an opposite. So there is not, there is no opposite. There, it's just enjoy. I just enjoy it. Whatever, whatever is going to happen, and I, I'm not thinking I have to control it. I'm not thinking I'm in the position to decide how it has to be. I just let it be. Just let it come, and everything will change anyway. And that's the beauty of these first lines, where it says, "It's impossible to change things." in a world where everything changes all the time. So it's about the formulas that doesn't change, the thing that doesn't change. And within this thing that doesn't change, everything changes all the time. And that's the unfolding. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's beautiful and it's perfect as it is. Oscar, that when you use, I'm sensitive with the God word, not because it offends me, but, I'm thinking of people who listen to the podcast. A lot of times I know from people who have contacted me and that people come to this podcast a lot of times because they're trying to find recovery without God. They're okay. looking for a way around. <laughs> they're looking for a way around God saying, Oh no, I don't want this. I don't want this. because they bring in all of those old ideas that they had. So anytime you hear the word God, guys and ladies you can substitute love for that at any point so is love governing your life is love that changes us is choosing that action of love every time that causes the change in my life it's when i'm in that time of friction and i choose to be helpful instead of arrogant that's the effortless effort that is a lot of effort, the selfless effort. And that rub is what changes us. And that's the unfolding. It's a, like, I, I love the Jonathan Starr for this, Oscar. Allow life to unfold naturally. So many ways we can stick our fingers in there. Just allow it. Allow life to unfold naturally. We think a lot of times, or I do anyway, used to, that the most spiritual thing would be the most unordinary thing, when in reality, it's the opposite. It's the most natural thing, to live this love-motivated way of life in this moment, this successive moment after moment after moment. And that's what he's talking about here. That's the unchangeable. And then we keep trying to fix our life with the things that change. It doesn't work. We can't fix our life with what changes, but we can surrender to what does not change. Then we see the peace and joy that we're looking for. The alternative of not, suppose we would not allow our lives to unfold naturally. We are doomed to a life full of fear. 
So yeah. that's the alternative. There is no other alternative. If you don't, if I, I don't let it unfold naturally, it means I'm, I have a day in fear or period in fear or a moment in fear. And as soon as I surrender, the fear disappears. It's not, it, it's not there anymore. It just, it's, it's just gone. So that also tells us that it is nothing. Because what was it if it's gone that easy? Yeah. So a really beautiful life. And we have the choice. Every moment of every day, do we fear or love? Yeah, we're going to try to protect our fear or we're going to act in love. Yeah. Really, two sides of the coin of the moment, maybe. I don't know. Could be. But fear itself always brings us out. Love always takes us back. It's always that way. I'm curious on this last stanza. To the, sta- to the sage, all of life is a movement toward perfection. So what need has he of the excessive, the extravagant, or the extreme? A movement toward perfection. And then... That's Jonathan Starr, Stephen Mitchell, last stanza. The master sees things as they are without trying to control them. She lets them go their own way and resides at the center of the circle. So the center of the circle would be the avoidance of excess, extravagant, and extremes. We talked about last week about the quote from what the book of Murdoch, I think it was about God being the axis and that the axis is always at rest and the further out you get from the axis out into the wheel, the more motion there is. It's interesting too. think about this. I never thought about this. If the cart is moving and you've got the wheel, you're not moving any faster being on the edge than you would be in the center. You're moving the same speed in the same direction. Let's say your goal is to get somewhere. You can do it on the outside of the rim, or you could do it in the middle at rest. Further you get out, the opposing forces are greater, more resistance. More nausea. It's it's harder to hang on. More uncomfortable, right? More uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) Ah, that's good. That's why I show up every Saturday. (laughs) it's interesting too the way that the master stays in the center is back to something we talk about all the time acceptance the master sees things as they are without trying to control them it's one thing to see things as they are it's another thing to give up control that's two things Just because we're accepting doesn't mean that we have given up control. And just because we've given up control doesn't mean that we see things as they are. It takes both. huh? Buddy, I was looking at uh, Derek Lynn, and uh, his follows the same path. Can I read that? Of course. Yeah, it says, those who wish to take the world and control it, I see that they cannot succeed. The world is a sacred instrument. One cannot control it. The one who controls it will fail. The one who grasps it will lose. Because all things, 
either lead or follow, either blow hot or cold, either have strength or weakness, either have ownership or take by force. Therefore, the sage eliminates extremes, eliminates excess, and eliminates arrogance. And he's got some comments here that says, let us emulate the natural balance of the Tao. Like the sages, we too can live in accordance with the principles of moderation. This chapter gives us three simple ways to behave. Reduce extremes, avoid excess, and let go of arrogance. Thank you, Brian. Oscar? Yeah, about this last stanza, or the, to say all of life is movement toward perfection, I also recognize the big book where it says, the part where it says that we are no saints and we do, we are not perfect and we are no saints, but uh, that the spiritual path we take uh, is more a path to working towards perfection instead of reaching perfection or being perfection. It, 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 it's also a very strange idea to be perfect in a way, because that would be the end of everything. So there is not nothing there. There, it, it doesn't exist. It's nothing. But the movement toward perfection actually suggests is perfection. So the movement to yeah, that's it. The movement towards perfection is perfection. So because yeah, all was perfect anyway. But it's it reminds me of the keep working, keep doing the work. Keep doing the work on this path and avoid all the things we mentioned, which are here excessive, extravagant, and extreme. But but the one from uh, the one Brian just read is is just as beautiful. When you avoid those last three things, you will never drink again, probably. Thank you, Oscar. Thanks. Work perfection. I was looking to see if I saw a direct in the Chinese in that verse and I do not the sage avoids extremes abandons sweeping judgments rejects a life of excess is how I see that in the Jonathan star by the way any of these books that we talk about go to buddyc.org under resources we have a bookstore I think every book that we talk about I add to the bookstore I believe I have everything there that we discuss perfection I see that really we know that we're already complete, as in a child that is six, let's say, just because he can't drive a car yet doesn't mean he's not complete. He's just not old enough and mature enough and hasn't learned to be able to drive a car. So it doesn't mean he's lacking something at six because he can't drive a car yet. Okay. Perfection, perfection is a hard word because. We use the word perfect, or I brought in ideas of what I thought perfection would mean, which is, Oscar, what you were talking about with being perfect, you know, every, doing everything perfectly, right? And I had this idea of spirituality before recovery. That was what, it was making me perfect. It was getting sin out of my life. It was, and I'm not. Uh, criticizing it, I'm just saying this is what I heard in it, that I was uh, becoming more godly, so to speak. 
nothing wrong with that. But as I got into recovery and started studying what we're talking about here, I started realizing that if I'm already perfect, what is this about? And the perfection for me would be the being present and available in more moments of the day. Not that I was lacking something because I already have it. It's what I have found. All these verses talk about looking within. The reason you look within is because it's already there. You've just got it covered up. You don't realize you already have it. It's this perception problem. So the perfection is more of maturity than it is perfectness. It's what I have found. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. For me, like when I grew up as that six-year-old, I've always had this gnawing feeling that I wasn't okay. And the more that I tried to fill that, I tried to fill that hole dreams, excess, and arrogance to prove that I was okay. Yes. And when now at 48, I still have that, not as bad. And and I'm aware of it, but when I have, that's when I want to go back to these three things. We think that excess and that extravagance and extremes will bring about what we're looking for, right? Yep. The peace that we're. The peace, the missing peace. Yes. Yes. And that's all we have, right? That's what our fear produces. Yep. Like we talk about in the 10th step, page 84, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only tools that my fear had was selfishness, dishonesty, and resentment. Yeah. Excessive, extravagant, extreme come out of selfishness, dishonesty, and resentment. Yeah. Yeah. Then you find out all this shit's an inside job, and you're sure enough lost. (laughs) Elf, right? <laughs> You're like, what the heck? <laughs> I thought I was almost there. And look at this. I'm just, I don't know if y'all have ever backpacked much. I used to backpack a lot. And I was up somewhere. End of the day, I was getting tired. And I'd come around a ridge. I said, oh, okay. We're going to flatten out up here. I'd come around the ridge and there's another mountain. Oh, shit. There's another one. And then that one, and then there'd be another one, and then there'd be another one. Thinking I was already to the top or close to a ridgeline. Same kind of thing sometimes. We, oh, we've got this figured out. No, we don't. And giving up that need to figure it out is huge for me. And just accepting the moment like it is, being present in the moment. How can I be helpful in this moment and then being open to the next moment? It gets simpler. If you're, I can, I'm going to point my finger and say you're, if my spiritual walk is not getting simpler, then it's not maturing for me. It's simplicity, not, not higher intellectual learning. Brian? I was just thinking about the quote in the Tao that talks about let settle. Yes. And being open to that first. Being open is the first step to sit, 
and be patient and let it settle and let the answers come. It's always the first step. It was funny. I'll I'll still buy books. I I just bought a new collection, actually. (laughs) I just bought Thomas Cleary's Taoist Classics Volumes 1, 2, and 3. And each of them are like 500 pages with 13 different books. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to have that. I'm like, here I go again. Grasping. Is it all in one book? It's in three books. Three books. Full disclosure, while we're getting really honest, I went down that rabbit hole and it was like I would find a new translation of the Tao. And I'm like, man, I want that. But then, but deep down inside, I thought, man, I'm going against what the Tao is. I should be happy with just some old paperback raggedy book that I bought at a yard sale. But I can't be. I need to have a nice hardcover one. Uh-uh. So I've still got some work to do. <laughs> we all, Brian. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. That's that's really beautiful. I wanted to say something about the feeling or the thought of not being good enough, which resonates and I recognize. And from really young age, I didn't feel good enough. And actually, what the consequence of this first is, is that my being or feeling of being not good enough is fine. It's fine. It's fine not being good enough. It's complete acceptance of the feeling that is, okay, I'm not good. I feel I'm not good enough. Okay, I'm not good enough. I can embrace that feeling instead of kicking it out or wanting to get rid of it or wanting to change it or wanting to control it or wanting to be master of it. I can just sit and accept and appreciate. And there is no, it's not, there's not, there's no problem (laughs) if I'm not good enough. If I'm not good enough, who cares? (laughs) Nobody cares. It's okay. And that's a really wonderful insight, actually. Thanks. Oscar, none of us are good enough, no matter how good we think we are. It's the strangest thing to think that that I have to be better. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know in what. Or It's great to be not good enough. This is the thing. We can't be good enough nor can we be not enough. We can't be either. That's the whole point. Yeah. It doesn't that's, make sense. No. no. That, that's what he's talking about with accepting things. The master accepts things as they are. Okay. I feel, okay, let's use that. That's something that a lot of us struggle with, not being good enough. Let's just use that. I accept that I feel I am not good enough. Okay. How can I let go of the outcome of trying to change that perception in others' lives? That would be the control. Because it's always, the good enough is not internal. For me, the good enough was external. Good enough versus this person versus that person. That's where the where it was. So I accept it. Okay. I feel I'm not good enough. 
It's not about approving it or disapproving. It's just, that's how I feel. Okay, I feel I'm not good enough. I stop trying to control how I feel. I surrender to the feeling of not feeling good enough. Next, maybe I would ask myself or pray, if you pray to God for this kind of thing, who do I know that feels they're not good enough that I could encourage? If I sit with that a little while, someone will come to mind. Someone may already be in mind. I say a prayer for them. I might send them a text. I might call them. I might encourage them in some way. Then all of a sudden, I realize I'm not thinking about not being good enough as much as I was. That's how it works for me. And that's what doesn't change. Those principles that we're talking about that do not change. So eventually, I realize that I am complete, that there's nothing in me to fix. There's nothing in me to to throw away or fix, nothing to add. Just I just am. And as I'm open to that in more moments, I'll realize all these ways I described myself weren't really me. They weren't the real me. And then I get comments from people saying, wow, you handled that differently. I said, really? Yeah, you did. Huh. My true nature starts coming out. Brian? I I just had a quick story I was going to share. I I shared it with my wife yesterday. And I think I told, I talked about the homeless guy that's on my way to my work. And the other day I thought, man, I'm going to, I'm going to stop in. It's cold out. I'm going to, I'm going to buy this guy breakfast. And so I swung in and, and got him a gift card and I pulled up across the street and I said, Hey, man, Go get you a good hot breakfast when you're ready. And and I thought, I'm going to take this one step further. So I, I looked at him. I said, man, is there anything I can do for you? Do you need anything? And what he his response, he looked at me. He said, no, man, I'm in good shape. And I was like, what in there? I must have stood there and stared at him like a deer in the headlights. But just for him to say that, and and he's obviously got some things going on. But for him to come back and say, I'm in good shape. I was like, just those words just really hit me for a guy that's living in a chair under the awning of a Walgreens. Made me think, stuck with me a couple days later, still sticking with me. It's perspective, isn't it? Mm -hmm. See, that's how we move to the center. It says the master, she lets go. The master sees things as they are without trying to control them. She lets them go their own way and resides at the center of the circle. As I let go, I can move from the outside of that wheel where it's turmoil and forces working against me that I'm having to grapple with continually more and more toward the center of the circle. The more I surrender, the more I accept, the more I give up control, I can get toward the center instead of on the outside where all that confusion and angst is. There's rest at the center of the circle. And the quote, I think I quoted a week or two ago, Book of Murdoch says, that's where God is, is in the center. Yeah, that's definitely where love is. Love's definitely in the center. Because I feel at peace when I act out of love instead of selfishness and dishonesty and resentment, ultimately fear. Yeah. 
That's good. Thank you. Any other comments, guys? That was a good one. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. You guys. Oscar. You guys got big Christmas plans, y'all. What What are you doing for Christmas in the Nether in the Netherlands, Oscar? Shopping, eating, family, games, board games. Ah. Netflix Christmas movie, a walk. Which Christmas store. movie? Do y'all have a Christmas movie that you walk here that you watch every year together? No, no, I, I I decide late late last minute decision, but I like. Scrooge, the Scrooge story, I like the best. Scrooge. I like the five. I found a new one this year. I like the first five minutes of Violent Night on Prime. First five minutes. First five minutes is all. (laughs) It's kind of gruesome, but the the first five minutes are hilarious Uh, (laughs) and disgusting. Don't watch it while you're eating, please. Do not do that. Uh, We watch a Christmas story. Is the one with the uh, little kid and the BB gun and shoot your eye out story. Do you know the one I'm talking about, Oscar? No. That's a classic here. It was actually filmed in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And back in, I think, the early 80s. And it's on every year. And we watch it. I watched it with my kids since they were little. So my daughter will be over uh, today. Today's the 23rd of. December. So they're coming over today for lunch and then she's staying for the evening and we'll watch a Christmas story as we do every year. And then we'll enjoy ourselves and spend some time with family doing gifts this afternoon and all those things. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, how about you, Brian, you got a big Christmas happening or low key or what? Not really. My, my wife's family will be over uh, Christmas Eve and then we've got some friends they're going to come over Christmas day, Christmas afternoon. But uh, I think I will. Uh, you said that's a Christmas story. A Christmas story is the one we right. watch every year. Yeah, I think we're going we're gonna to watch that. I've never seen it. I'm, I'm feral. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's good and wholesome. Yeah, I think I'm to the list. Yeah. But now, Violent Night, that's one. It's a prime. <laughs> it's a new one. That's just a gruesome but uh, but the first five minutes are pretty hilarious. Yeah. That's something I've never seen before in a movie. Never, ever. So I thought, I'm going to cut it <laughs> yeah. on when everybody's here. Just, hey, let's watch this and see what <laughs> Dr. Ball gross out. But you guys enjoy yourself. Enjoy your family. Yep. I ask anyone out there that might be listening to this. During the holidays, how can I be helpful? You're never trapped if you start feeling squirrely about your addictions. Get out of there. There's no event that's worth your sobriety. Make your sobriety first. And if you are trapped somewhere and you can't leave, go play with the kids. Go start cleaning up the dishes. Just put some action. We talked about a few weeks ago. Staying sober during the holidays and the different tools we use. Put those to use as all. There's online meetings. There's 24 hour meetings. You can go to a meeting anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week on Zoom. So not finding a meeting is not an excuse. You can find a meeting. If you're thinking about drinking, just put it off for an hour and go to a meeting first. You can check in at any time in these meetings. 
Don't have to wait to the top of the hour. Say, if I feel like this, I'll drink after the meeting. If you're going to put it off, if you've decided you want to drink or use, go to the meeting first. I've done that before, and I've done it with the day. And say, if I feel like this tomorrow, I'll drink. Guess what? I felt different the next day. So uh, lots of tools, guys. Put them to use. Thanks. Y'all have a wonderful week and a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy New Year, and hope to see you next week, guys. Thank you. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery. 